Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you are about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more information and content, or to connect with our worldwide Liquid Church community, log on to liquidchurchonline.com. everyone. I want to welcome you to Liquid Church as well as those of you listening online. Uh, my name is Pastor Tom and I'm one of the pastors here. And we are on the final installment of Roots, Growing Deeper in Your Face. This has been a series that has actually been helping folks take serious strides uh, along their spiritual journey. Okay, and In fact, over the past three weeks, you've heard that Pastor Tim and how he's helped us actually focus on organic growth. Uh, what we mean by that is how things grow kind of naturally. And so we've examined everything from like the parable of the sowers and the four different kinds of seeds uh, to the secret benefits of pruning, right? For those moments in your life when you feel the steel, right? And more recently, we explored the concept of vine time. That is sort of making sure that we put a priority on our strong daily commitments with Jesus. In fact, you may have remembered, Jesus actually put it this way, I am the vine, you are the branches, If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Exactly. You see, Jesus was using the language of natural, organic growth, right? He's the vine, we're the branches. If we remain in the vine, then we grow. Once we're disconnected from the vine, nice knowing you, right? This is natural, spiritual growth. Pretty straightforward, right? But here's the thing. Did you know that there are also uh, certain things called like accelerants used during certain seasons of life that can actually help you increase the growth exponentially? In other words, there are actually some things above and beyond the natural way of things that can actually accelerate your growth. And when we talk about agriculture, that natural accelerant is called what? Fertilizer, right? No, oh gosh, that actually really smells really bad. But anyways, fertilizer, okay? Everyone's seen one of these, right? Now, I'm not talking about like, this is not like spiritual steroids or anything. This isn't baseball, okay? But I am talking about specific ways to actually fertilize your faith. You see, fertilizer isn't just about like artificial chemicals or anything. In fact, the best kind of fertilizer simply takes what's already organic, what's already natural, and actually accelerates the growth of the plant. And if you want the really good stuff, and I don't have a green thumb or anything, but this is what I've been told. If you want the really good stuff, when you need, well, what you need to do is you need to get yourself a bag of one of these. Anyone know? Can anyone see? Can you see the brand name of this? Anyone know the brand name of this guy, this fertilizer? What is it? miracle Grow. Exactly. miracle Grow. Guaranteed to turn your world greener faster. 
And folks, that is no joke. I, I don't know about you, but I remember when I was in third grade, okay, I had a little styrofoam cup. I filled it with some of this bad boy. I put a little bean in there. And the next morning, I kid you not, that cup exploded with all like these roots and greenery. I mean, this stuff completely works, okay? Now, now here's the deal. Why is that? I mean, I mean, what exactly are like the magic ingredients inside of this miracle grow, right? I'm, I'm going to look at the back of the bag here, and it says here, okay, it's got cer- certain phosphates and uh, derived from pasteurized, pelleted poultry litter. Do you, yeah. Uh, do you guys know what that means, pelleted poultry litter? That's just fancy, like, marketing lingo for chicken sh- scratch. Right? That's what it is. This is chicken scratch. But wouldn't it be great? I mean, just think about it. Just roll with me here a little bit. Wouldn't it be great if you could actually sprinkle a little bit of this fertilizer on different areas of your life? I'm talking about, like, besides your backyard, you know, garden. If you could actually literally take this bag and sprinkle it on different areas of your life besides vegetables... Like, like, think with me for a second. If you could sprinkle this bag, okay, maybe like on your wallets, or, or like go into your bank and, and like, boom, miracle, your bank account grows. Or, or imagine this. Imagine like you, you took a bag of this thing and, and, you, and you climbed up on top of your roof on your home or, or even your apartment and you just kind of sprinkled it all over the place a little bit here, a little bit, and boom, miracle. Like you have more square footage or something. I mean, that would absolutely be amazing, right? But here's the deal. There's actually something even more incredible. Did you know that the Bible actually has its own version of miracle grow? Seriously, I'm I'm not kidding you. As a matter of fact, throughout the scriptures, you find passage after passage where Jesus went around actually sprinkling a little miracle grow, as it were, on the lives of people, actually causing them to grow deeper in their faith at exponential rates. Some of you are like, yeah, whatever. I, 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 I don't buy that. And that's okay. I'm not going to take that personally or anything. But I would invite every single person in here to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. It's found on page 674 in your scriptures. And let's allow God's word to speak for itself. You don't care what I have to say. We, want, we care what the Bible has to say, right? And as we do that, okay, we, we, we want to talk about what is this whole miracle grow thing, right? And we're trying to try keeping up, just as, as we turn there, let's try to keep up with what Jesus is doing here, okay? Uh, because in this passage, he unleashes no more than 10 miracles in a row, starting with pa- uh, chapter 8 and, and moving forward, okay? And some of you are like, whoa, relax, we're not going to go through all 10 miracles, uh, you know, God forbid we read the Bible on Sunday in church. But anyways, you know, we're just gonna, we will explore some of them and see, you know, what kind of common ingredients that we have, okay? So let's start with the first miracle, Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. The title actually reads in your scriptures, it says, the man with leprosy, Okay? And what it says here, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. Uh, A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Verse 3 says this, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, immediately, he was cured of his leprosy. 
In other words, think about this now. A man whose body was like absolutely withered and riddled with leprosy says, you know what, Jesus, can you do anything about this? What does Jesus do? Bam! Miracle. The man is completely healed. He, he like grows. He's, he's healed. So powerful. Then, then check out the next verse. It's titled, The Faith of the Centurion. Right? Verse 5 says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion. What's a centurion? A centurion is basically like a military leader who's in charge of a hundred people. Right? This guy came to him asking for help. Verse 6, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Folks, are you catching this? Here we've got like this high-ranking, very respectable, maybe even feared military Roman officer, right? And he's asking like this poor dude, this, this poor Jewish rabbi for a favor. This is not exactly something that you see every day. Yet, yet, yet it's happening right here. And the moment the centurion steps out of his comfort zone towards Christ, did you notice what happens? Boom! Miracle. Verse 13 says, Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done, just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Folks, are you noticing a pattern here? It goes a little something like this. A person is faced with a challenge. Then they're forced to come out of their comfort zone where finally, boom, they are met by Christ in a miraculous way. Jesus meets them head on, miracle after miracle after miracle. It's a pattern that you see throughout the scriptures. A challenge, then like this deliberate step out of the comfort zone, Bam! Miraculous growth. A miracle in Christ. In fact, if you fast forward to Matthew chapter 14, just go ahead and do that. It's found on page 680 in your Bibles. Uh, Matthew chapter 14, and it says, you'll notice the same pattern. There's this challenge, and then there's this kicked out of the comfort zone moment. And then Christ is shown in a very obvious way. Matthew 14, verse 25 says this. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. That's the challenge right there. It seemed like this ghost-like figure on the lake, right? Verse 27. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Okay, there's the challenge. There's the the whole comfort zone thing, right? Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. I mean, you want to talk about stepping out of your comfort zone? Peter was contemplating stepping out of the boat onto water, right? This This is a boat in the middle of a lake in the dark. Verse 29 says, come. Jesus said, come. Come, he said. Then what? Boom! Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Folks, do you really want to grow deeper in your faith? I mean, do you 
really, seriously now? I mean, just think about this. Don't just give like the pat answer, yes. But do you really want to see Jesus perform miracles in your ordinary life? And I tell you something. If you really want that, then your challenges and struggles need to be the very catalysts that kick you out of the boat, out of your comfort zone towards Christ. That is how you grow deeper. Okay? It's like author John Ortberg. He put it this way. He said, if you really want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. If you really want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. I, I see some of you, you're, you're taking notes, and that's great. And, and this is actually one of your fill-ins, right? The first faith fertilizer that helps you grow deeper, faster, is this. Number one, step out of your comfort zone. Step out of your comfort zone. We all have a comfort zone. You need to step out of it if you want to grow deeper, faster. See, because folks, sometimes when it comes to miracles, we think, oh, you know what, uh, I'm just going to be cool about it. I'm all right. I'm status quo is good for me. You know, and besides, you know, God, God, he just like, I don't know what God's up to. He just like sort of randomly, magically picks random people, you know, to sprinkle his blessings upon, right? That, that's how we think, right? But that's not how it works. Not at all. For instance, did you notice how in each of those three encounters that we just saw, with Jesus encountering these three people, the leper, the centurion, and, G uh, and Peter, each person, what was the common thread? What was the common ingredient? Each person took the initiative. In other words, there was a choice to be made by the miracle recipient. There was a choice to be made to intentionally ask Jesus to do for him Something that he himself could not do for himself in his own strength. You see, in every miracle, there are actually two ingredients. God's power and our faith. God's power and our faith. And I get it. I get it. You know, some of you may be saying, you know, my faith, my faith, it's, it's like nothing. My faith, I have such small faith. My, my faith is like chicken litter. You know, that, that someone, some of you are saying that. I get it. I get it. But the truth is, stepping out of your comfort zone toward Christ always has a way of sort of jump-starting, sort of stretching your faith and making it stronger. I saw a great example of this, actually, a few weeks ago, right here in our own little church right here. It was, we sent out this missions team to Haiti. Right? This was a couple of weeks ago, and we actually had a team of 10 leaders actually travel to this earthquake-ravaged region to repair broken water wells. Right? And I was amazed, because you talk about people, you talk about folks actually stepping out, getting out of their comfort zone. I mean, these folks went to a place that is absolutely devastated by an earthquake. You guys know about it, you heard about it in the news, right? And there are like still outbreaks of like typhoid, cholera, dysentery. You're not even sure that you're actually going to make it back, right? I mean, that is stepping out of your comfort zone. 
In fact, one young lady, Katie Gardner, maybe some of you know her. She's great. How many of you guys know Katie? She's, yeah, good person. Yeah, awesome, right? She's always cheerful, always very loving, you know, leads a life group and all that stuff. 23 years old. She's this young, single woman. Katie, I, I just have to be honest. Are you here? I hope she's not here. Anyways, I'm just going to be honest between me and you guys, okay? Um, you're the best, Katie. You're the best. But, you know, Katie is not exactly like... Um, I don't know how to put it. She's like she's like five foot zero, you know, just like she's not like you know, she's like she's like this tiny little girl, right? Tiny and, and so for this young woman to go all the way to a place like Haiti in the condition that it's currently in, I mean my goodness, you can understand why she might be a little fearful, why she would be a little hesitant. But you know what? You know what her attitude was like? She was like this. She was like, well, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to trust God to meet me there and do something in and through me that I can't do on my own strength. Let me tell you something. What happened on that trip was nothing short of miraculous. My name is Katie and I go to Liquid Church in Morristown. This past September I took a trip to Haiti to repair fresh water wells with a team from Liquid, New Brunswick and Morristown and it was an amazing experience for me. Uh, when I first heard about the trips to Haiti, I was so excited. I just jumped at the chance to go. The idea of going was exciting but scary at the same time because I was looking for this sense of independence um, but at the same time I hadn't left my family and gone away that far before so I knew that I wouldn't be able to lean on them if it got difficult while I was away. When we got to Haiti, we saw a river that was running through a few villages and there were people bathing and swimming in it and washing their clothes there as well. And it was also used for a bathroom for both the people of the villages and animals. And as good as it was for us to know that we were helping people by giving them clean water, it was hard to, to see at the same time that disease had clearly already spread. One experience that hit me the most was the church service that we went to on Sunday. It was a small Baptist church. It was one room and it was completely filled with people and little kids and they were all praising God and just so joyful. You could just see it in their faces and the, the way they were singing. The church is the people, it's not the building. I had gone to gain a sense of independence that I previously did not have. And what I came out of it with was the complete opposite. I found that God wanted me to realize how I needed to be completely dependent on Him. I've really grown a lot closer to God because 
I feel like he's opened my eyes to what it's like to be his hands and feet. Just in one week, I've seen that there are no limits and that God can use me in Haiti and he can use me at home. But no matter what, he's with me and I really can't wait to see what he has in store for me in the future. Hey, can we hear it for Katie? Some good stuff. So good. See, folks, there's just, there's just something miraculous that happens whenever a person is faced with a challenge, but then is forced some way, somehow, out of her comfort zone in obedience to Christ. And, and you see, it makes you wonder, what boat is God asking you to step out of this fall. You know, again, author John Ortberg put it this way. When human beings get out of the boat, they are never quite the same. Encounters with Jesus have that effect. Do you want to know Jesus as never before? Then face your fears and step out of the boat. The master of the sea is waiting for you. So folks, how about it? Huh? How about it? Do you really want to grow deeper in your faith? Do you really want to know and see Jesus and encounter Jesus as never before? Then in the face of a challenge, you need to step out of your comfort zone towards Christ. It is a faith fertilizer. Two ingredients. What are they again? God's power and our faith. But let me ask you something here. What would happen if just one of those ingredients was missing? Just take out one of these ingredients. Let's just say it's like chicken scratch or something. You know, just, just take out one. You got these two essential ones, God's part and our part. But according to Scripture, you know, you just, if you just decide, no, you know what, one of them I don't have. Okay? See, if one of those isn't present, what happens is instead of growing miracles, you get weeds. Right? Check this out. Let me show you what I'm talking about here. Take a look with me at verse 54. Okay, Chapter 13, verse 54, it says, Coming to his hometown, this is talking about Jesus, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, this miracle, miracle, miracle grow, they asked. Verse 55, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Uh, aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. So imagine this, folks. These people are actually, they're like dissing Jesus, right? You guys, let me ask you this. Do you guys know what it's like to go back to your hometown? Right? I grew up about maybe like 15 minutes from here in Montville, Montville, New Jersey. And uh, I tell you what, I love and hate going back to my hometown. Because anytime I go back, everyone says, oh, hey, there's little Tommy K. He ain't so little anymore. What happened? You know, it's, it's like that whole thing, right? Like they start messing around with your hair and stuff like that. Take it very personally, right? You know what I'm talking about, okay? And so now get this, okay? These people start messing with the miracle maker here. They, they start messing with him. And what was Jesus' response? Verse 58. And he did not do many miracles there. Why? Let's read this together. Because of their lack of 
In other words, there was a missing ingredient, a huge one. See, folks, when Jesus saw the faith of the paralytic, right, and, and the guys that literally carried him over on, on, on this mat towards him, what did Jesus do? Boom! Miracle! Right? He healed them. And when Jesus saw that Peter was the only one, the only one of the disciples, the only one literally to get out of the boat, the only one willing to actually step out of his comfort zone towards him, what happened? Boom! Miracle! Peter's foot touched the water and it didn't sink. He actually walked on water. It's the same dynamic all throughout the scriptures, which is it's what makes this particular passage so unique. Because the text plainly says, Jesus did not. He did not do many miracles there. Why? Because of their lack of faith. We see a little cause and effect there. And so you cannot help but wonder, after reading a passage like this, is it possible, just maybe, maybe, is it possible that I'm not growing spiritually because of my lack of faith, right? Uh, or, or are there huge, are there like huge God moments in life that I am currently missing right now because I don't have faith, because I'm missing an ingredient? See, for someone like Katie, growing deeper meant actually stepping out of her comfort zone, grabbing her passport, right, and going to a foreign country to serve the poorest of the poor in the name of Jesus. But for others of you, I get it. The path of deeper spiritual growth is actually taking a different kind of step, right? Think of it this way. Putting your trust in Christ, that is always the first step in your spiritual journey. But do you guys know what is the second step of faith along that journey? You guys know what number two is? It's actually baptism. Baptism, yeah. You see, Peter stepping out of the boat showed his desire to actually obey Jesus in spite of his fears, and that's exactly what baptism is all about. In, in fact, baptism is one step of faith that Jesus asked everyone who believes in him to actually take. If you believe in him, Jesus says, I'm going to ask everyone who believes in me, everyone who wants to follow me, you need to take the step of baptism. Some of Jesus' very last words on earth included this command. Some of you have been church for a while, you know, as the Great Commission, right? Go, therefore, and make the disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, says Matthew 28, 19. And, you know, i got to say, there's just something about that next step of faith. There's something about taking that next step despite your fears. In the case of baptism, you know, despite your fear of public speaking as you share your testimony, despite your fear of drowning, it's just a shallow pool, okay? But there's just something, there's just something about taking that next step that God actually uses to accelerate, to help you grow deeper more and more inside of your faith. In fact, the second faith fertilizer, as I like to call it, is this. Take the next step of obedience. 
Take the next step of obedience, whatever that is for you. See, growing deeper always involves taking the next step. Greater spiritual maturity is always traveled by the next step of obedience. And baptism, let me tell you, baptism is one of those major next steps. You, you guys know how it's been, you know, it's, it's been called like, you know, you, you heard the phrase, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with like a single step, right? But do you know, let me ask you, do you know what is even more important than the first step? It's the next one. And then the one after that. And then the next one after that. And the next one, and the next one, and so on. For those of you who have said, you know, I, I want to get out of the boat. I, I want to follow Jesus. Getting baptized for you may be your next step this fall. And I understand, I understand, you may have fears. Uh, some of you, some of you may know my friend Jessica Stevenson, right? Maybe you've seen, seen her kind of serve in here before, and she's blushing right now, it's okay. <laughs> you know, but you know, she, you know, she serves in the youth ministry surge, and maybe you've seen her like last week on the party bus, and that was a lot of fun, I don't know, or whatever, right? Well, well, fear was exactly what she was facing. I remember, I remember listening to your story for the first time in that baptism class, I remember you were nervous about making the video and all that stuff. Fear was the, exactly the first, the, that, 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 that thing that she was facing as she thought about about her next step, which was baptism. But it's when she faced those fears and in spite of them still took the next step that she also experienced something miraculous. Hi, I'm Jessica Stevenson. Um, I was baptized November of 2009 um, and I had some hesitations. I was afraid that it wasn't maybe the right time. Uh, I didn't know if it was, you know, I kept wondering, like, should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? And I just had to, you know, let God show me that it, it was, in fact, the right time. I think the biggest fear was telling my story in front of all those people that I didn't know and, you know, my family, you know, the people that I did know, um, and just being afraid of, you know, what they would think of me. Well, I was afraid that people would judge me um, when they heard my particular story from hearing the truth of my life before God came into it. When I took the step of obedience to be baptized, um, it gave me the desire to listen for God's voice in my life even more and follow His lead um, and what He wants for my life. It uh, opened up the door for uh, community within the church for it was a chance for people to hear my story um, which has led to building great relationships with people here at church um, getting more involved with uh, Surge um, and the kids there which has been such a blessing I think sometimes more to me than to the kids it also created uh, this desire I had to continue to be obedient to God and to listen for his voice and uh, the things that he tells me to do in my life and to kind of follow his lead. If I hadn't had taken the step of obedience and getting baptized uh, when I did, I don't think I would have the relationships here at church that I do, um, the friendships. I uh, don't think that I would have been able to 
um, touch the lives of the kids here or um, have them kind of touch my life. I would probably still be sitting in the shadows here in church and not really participating. I wouldn't be involved. I wouldn't have the relationships with people in the church and I wouldn't have as strong of a relationship uh, that I have now with God himself. Well, we couldn't think of a better person than Jessica to lead us off because you don't get baptized because you've led a perfect life, but because of your belief that you've been perfectly forgiven and now have the perfect love of a perfect Heavenly Father. So Jessica Stevenson, upon your profession of faith, having placed your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, we baptize you in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Hey, can we hear it for Jess, too? Good stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Folks, I hope that you caught that, okay? Because Jess actually took her next step in spite of her fears, in this case, baptism, she's actually growing deeper, faster. And that is a fact. You heard her say, you can talk to her after the service, it opened the doors for a new community. She no longer feels like she, she hides in the back of the church, right? I'm not saying about you guys in the back there, okay? But anyways, she no longer hides in the shadows. She's not sitting back there, but instead she's out there and she's serving and she's growing and she's learning. She's making an impact on others and having her own life impacted by God and by other people in miraculous ways, actually desiring to... Uh, did you catch that? She's actually desiring to be even more obedient. You take this one step of obedience and you actually desire for more of it. It's like you get addicted to it. Question, are you willing to obey Christ when it comes to his command? Repent and be baptized. Or are you like missing a key ingredient? Remember, scripture says this, and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Folks, may, maybe you're, you're someone who's sitting here right now. And you know, I mean, there's just no denying, denying it. Baptism is definitely the next step for you. You know it. So then let me ask you a very simple question. What are you waiting for? Sunday, October 17th, is your chance to literally step out of the boat and into the water towards Jesus. We're actually going to roll out the holy hot tub, right? It's one of my favorite things of Liquid Church, right? We're going to roll out the holy hot tub right here in the ballroom at all of our campuses so that you can sign up. You can actually sign up today online at liquidchurch.com and you can be baptized. Folks, do not let fear keep you from an opportunity to obey Christ and actually grow deeper, faster. I want to encourage everyone here to take your next step of faith, whatever that might be. In fact, you know, if we're talking about baptism, we're actually, we actually have the privilege and the joy. Do you know that on October 17th, we're actually going to be baptizing as a church. Liquid Church will be baptizing its 400th person. Can, can we just thank God for that? That is amazing. That is amazing. That is a whole lot of people who've gotten out of the boat. And you know something? I've still yet to meet a single person of those 400 plus, single person who regrets it. 
I've not met a single person who regrets it. See, I believe that some way, somehow, God actually honors that. When we're faced with a challenge, when we're faced with a fear, and we still obey God, there's something about that that He actually honors. After all, who here, who of us here wouldn't want to grow miraculously? Right? Folks, I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey today. But, but the two points highlighted here by Jesus are this. Get out of your comfort zone and take your next step of obedience. And we actually have two practical ways for you to act on those two steps this fall. You see, maybe like Katie, maybe like Katie, you're someone in, that has a heart for the poor. And you want to go out there. You want to go on our next missions trip to, to El Salvador. That is awesome. We've, we've got one trip in November, we've got another one in December, we've got more to follow in the coming year and, and going forward. So just check out liquidchurch.com for more t- details. But you know something? Here's the deal. The majority of us are not called to go to a foreign country, right? The majority of us are actually, we're just asked to simply take the next step of obedience, whatever that is for you. And for some of you, for some of you, that actually means baptism. So folks, if that's you, you've got the chance to experience something miraculous on October 17th. What are you waiting for? Jesus promises to actually meet you in the water. And I promise you, you will grow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, your word says that God, you are the only one who causes all things to grow. And Father, I know that in, in my own life, my own experience, as well as talking to others, that right now we may have a lot of fears, we may have a lot of doubts, we may have a lot of reservations, we may have every excuse in the book right now. From keeping us from taking our next step. We, we like our comfort zones. They're comfort zones for a reason. But God, we know that you have created us to worship you. And we know that we don't want to be stagnant spiritually. We know that we are created to grow. That healthy things grow. And we want to be healthy spiritually. We want to grow in maturity. Help us to grow deeper, faster. God, help us every single person here, to get out of our boat. Whatever that boat is. Maybe it's it's, it's the security we find in money, the security we find in certain relationships, in our jobs, whatever that boat is. Help us to get out of it and towards you. Help us to have that kind of courage. Father, also help us to take the next step spiritually, whatever that is. And for so many of us, that actually means baptism. Help us to take the next step of obedience, God. We're scared. We have our doubts. We have our reservations. We have every excuse in the book. But Father, right now we trust that you are bigger than those things and you can help us overcome. Lord, we believe. Help us to overcome our unbelief. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
for listening to Liquid Church Audio. If this message has touched you, we'd love to know how. Just email Pastor Dave Adamson at churchonline at liquidchurch.com. For more information and content, or to connect with our worldwide Liquid Church community, log on to liquidchurchonline.com.